the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. One of my favorite songs is Queen and David Bowie's Under Pressure. You know, the doom, boom, 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 It's got some highs in it, some high-pitched notes that I just can't possibly hit, even when I sing along and, and try. The market's under a little bit of pressure right now. And there's not a lot you can say about that other than it's okay. Stocks are currently trading off their today's lows, but... The trend right now is kind of like, where's this thing going to go? Although, I'll say this. Wall Street seems to be digesting the trade war pretty well. It seems to be shrugging it off on some levels. Now, there's some early pressure every day when something hits the headlines, but then it kind of abates. Sometimes it lingers with individual names, like Alphabet. They've suspended operations with Huawei. Um, and companies like Alphabet slash Google, Intel, Qualcomm, Broadcom, Xilinx, Apple, Lumentum, all want to do business with China. Because whether you like them or not, there's billions of people there. And that's a story. That's a trend. That's a big number. It's like Coca-Cola once, I read in their annual report, if they sold one, and this was 20 years ago, if we sold one more ounce of Coca-Cola to every Chinese person, our stock would triple. Whoa. You're like, whoa. That's a lot of people. Well, that's a lot of Coke. A lot of sugary beverages. Which are still in a decline in the United States. Um, so, several U.S. companies have suspended operations with China's Huawei. Semiconductor stocks are underperforming because tech wants China to be open. Uh, there is a angle there. T-Mobile and Sprint are reportedly going to make concessions that improve the chances of their proposed merger because they're going to the chapel and they're going to get married. Now, T-Mobile wants or AT&T once tried to pick up T-Mobile and that marriage didn't work out. Jilted. Left at the altar. Tesla's in the news today as an analyst cuts price targets from 275 to 230. What he really said, though, was to me more alarming if you're a shareholder of Tesla is that 
he mentioned code red situation and Kilimanjaro like uphill battle to profitability. Those aren't good terms. Those aren't good words. Are you with me against me? Because you got to choose a side. This is a civil war. <sighs> this war is the saddest war of all. You know, there's an opera called Civil War. Have a career in singing. There was an opera called Civil War, and it was the worst opera ever made, in my opinion. I know you're saying, you went to see Oprah? No, opera. Opera. I'd never see Oprah, but I did see an opera. Just throwing that out there for you. Um, Taking a look at other stories out there today of note, if we may. Um, And I think we may. Stocks making the biggest moves. Lionsgate Entertainment, Leg Mason, Lyft, and more. Let's hit these. Lionsgate received an informal offer from CBS to buy its Stars cable network. No deal is imminent. Lionsgate's going to be in play because everyone wants content, and Lionsgate has content. CBS kind of needs something. And by content, I mean like TV shows that have already been made and movies that have already been made that we may want to watch again. Or that we may be stuck in a snowstorm and we go, what's on TV? Oh, I haven't seen Point Break or Bill and Ted's Big Adventure, which they're making a sequel to. It's kind of like the the poor man can't overuse movies, the 90s versions, right? So I think Lionsgate's an acquisition target at some point. Because at some point in time, maybe I'll say to my kids, hey, you want to see John Wick before he's John Wick? And I'll try to find it on either CBS paid network uh, streaming or NBC streaming or Netflix or Hulu or whomever. Sometime in 2020, we got to start cutting down some of these streaming networks, right? Like Mason's near a settlement with an activist hedge fund, Trian Management. People familiar with the matter said that Trian will get three to four seats on the board. Um, activist hedge funds, I would be cautious following them because they're going to get a different deal than you. Lyft is being sued by a group of investors over its IPO, the initial public offering. The suit is saying that Lyft misled investors about its market position in labor matters. And the stock's lost already 25% since going public. Have some standards. Maybe your standards are, I'm never going to date a guy again who's been in prison. Or, I'd really like to date a woman with all her teeth instead of just six. Have standards. I don't like IPOs. Target's upgraded to equal weight from underweight. In the world of retail, I don't have time for Target or Walmart. I like Target and Walmart. I understand Target and Walmart. But I'd rather find something more trendy. Target's medium-term profit margins now appear to be reflected in the stock's price. With that said, I will give Walmart and Target really a lot of credit for trying to compete on Amazon's delivery schedules. Wedbush is raising concerns about demand for the Tesla Model 3. And that's not good. T-Mobile is set to announce asset sales and other concessions to win approval for its deal to buy Sprint. That's not good for you and me, because at least right now we could always call Verizon and go, you guys are raising prices on me. I'm going to go to a different carrier. Well, Mr. Black, we're going to lower your bill by $2 a month. Okay, I'll stay. So what we need is, at some point in time, Comcast to really get serious about getting into wireless plays. But we'll see. Uber's IPO was 
undermined by big investors. So says the Wall Street Journal. I love the Wall Street Journal. BlackRock, Tiger Global, and other pre-IPO investors passed on buying more shares in the offering. And some of them tried to sell into the offering. Again, telling you that the average person doesn't get a good deal on IPOs. And you are probably the average person. Grubhub was sued by a Philadelphia restaurateur seeking $5 million in damages. Say what? A lot of people like Grubhub. I do. Delivery is, is so convenient, right? And when it, it used to be just Chinese delivery and pizza delivery, but now Grubhub will go to your favorite restaurant and grab stuff for you. But the New York Post is saying that Grubhub is accused of charging restaurants for phone calls even if no order was made. Grubhub says it disputes the claims. I don't know nothing about it. I own no shares of Grubhub. Boeing won a wide-body jet order from New Zealand Air. That's Boeing's first, um, how shall we say, win in a while since they've had some problems with their 737-800 MAX. This is going to end an 18-month competition between Boeing and Airbus. A company that I used to know really well called International Gaming Technology. They make slot machines and gambling products. They reported profit of 12 cents a share, well short of the expectation of 23 cents. Revenue came in below expectations. The company did manage to return to profitability. One of the things I liked about international gaming technology is that it seems that governments are willing to say, let's do more gambling. Let's let our people do this because it'll raise taxes. In the past, like, oh, we can't let our people gamble because it's bad for them. They'll lose money. But IGT makes slot machines. And they came out with this idea of, like, let's pull together. You know the Wheel of Fortune one? where it's linked to like five casinos and at any one point in time you could win 23. It's like a progressive pot. They got a piece of that action. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. All hail John Wick, who has dethroned Thanos or the Iron Man. Spider-Man movie right around the corner. Pick it up for Marvel and Disney. No shortage there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Back in the 80s and 90s, when I was coming into employment and having my own money, I'd go to restaurants on occasion, pick up some Chinese food, and it's so funny to think about like how you progress in the years. When you're in your 20s, you go to restaurants like Applebee's on a date or Chinese restaurants on a date. And like, as you get older, you're like, that wasn't really the best quality. Maybe I should up my game. Speaking of upping your game, oh, what I was going to say is there's a joke there. I used to go into Chinese restaurants and I thought I was being cute by saying, oh, I like General Tso's chicken, double MSG. And they go, no MSG. I go, no, 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 double MSG. Um, I want to be preserved. I want to live forever. I want to be to look the same way and not age like a chicken. Um, funny or not funny to order double MSG. I think it's kind of funny because all Americans are like, no MSG. Every time you would order something, any Chinese food, you say no MSG. And like you would almost bark it out. Now I want to talk about ESG. 
Not EKG like the Apple Watch can do, but ESG, environmental, social, and governance. I myself have said on the air that I would buy a tobacco company that makes poisonous products that kill people and cause cancer, even though my dad died of cancer, if the financials were right. And then I'd say, as I make millions and millions and millions later in life, I can set up a a donation or a trust or a charitable fund for people with cancer or cancer research. Now, some people today, they don't live that way. They want to put their money where their mouth is. There is a way to do it, and there's a way to do it cheap. And oddly enough, socially conscious investing is not a bad thing. I used to go, I want the most companies that have most profitability or profit margins or earnings or sales. Or, I, wanted it, I wanted the numbers to tell me, not the social conscience. Oh, and by the way, have you ever seen anyone blowing into a conch shell in TV or um, radio or, or literature? It probably, like, um, uh, what was the one where Tom Hanks was stuck on an island and he had the volleyball that he talked to? Doesn't cast away or something like that, right? When he picks up the conch shell, his consciousness is changing. <laughs> Thank you, Greek people, for teaching us that uh, symbol. But if you want to be environmental, social, and governance, you want companies that do the right thing, you can do it. And it's actually got pretty good returns because, oddly enough, being a good citizen doesn't necessarily mean sacrificing. And sometimes it means that you're not going to get yourself into a situation where governments crack down on you. Um, Strong ties to tobacco, weapons that do not comply with the United Nations Global Compact, um, they're excluded. Now, again, all these little indexes are going to be a little bit different. Some of them are going to say, we want at least 25% women on the board of directors. Some of them are going to say, we want companies that don't do weapons of mass destruction. So write these down, listen to them, memorize them, get the podcast, whatever. There's some ideas for you. The iShares, MSCI, 400 social ETF. It's only 25 basis points, and it's got a return of 14.4% over 10 years. The S&P 500's got 15.3% over that same period. So you get similar performance, but not the same. But you're also getting social investing. There's also the iShares Morgan Stanley Country Index, MSCI. That's what MSCI means, Morgan Stanley Country Index. But it also, um, it's called the ESG Select ETF. And that has a 14.1% return over the last 10 years. Now you're like, that's not bad. One that I particularly like, I don't own, Fidelity U.S. Sustainability Index. Companies that are setting up a sustainable future. The Fidelity U.S. Sustainability Index Fund. And I believe that children are our future, and I think that they're going to invest this way more so than I am. Um, I don't litter, but my generation, the generation before me, was like, just throw it out the window. Throw the cigarette butt on the ground and stomp your foot on it so it doesn't catch fire. But then a bird's going to pick it up and like feed it to its babies, and then we're going to eat those babies, and we're going to suddenly be eating. Yeah, you can see where I'm going. So you want sexier? How about the iShares... USA small cap ETF. It just came out in 2018, early. And it came out, and one of the things that they said in their press materials is they came out right after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland, Florida. So there ain't any weapons in that one. 
I highly recommend you do your own research. Don't look at my paper because sometimes I would mark down answers and I would change them because people were cheating off me because I want it to be the curve and not help them, you know, lower the curve. So Google ESG, not MSG, ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance, Google Socially Responsible Investing, start reading. Notice that some of these articles are going to be a little bit more goofy than others. <coughs> some of them are going to be trying to push you into product. But educate yourself. Know that iShares and ETFs or funds that are tied towards Fidelity or Vanguard are probably the best way to go. You can invest with a social conscience, and I highly recommend you do if that's your thing. We're all different, I hope. Um, with that out there, maybe we're not. Apple's big underperformer today as they're continuing to be linked towards China and tariff concerns. When China and tariff concerns abate, stocks going to have a big run. If they don't abate, stocks going to be stuck for a while. Ford said it's going to lay off 7,000 jobs worldwide. And they referred to them as white-collar jobs. Obviously, blue-collar, the people in the factories putting together the stuff. White-collar are the marketing, the sales, the administrative positions. That seems like a lot of jobs. 10% of its salaried employees. Uh, with that said, Ford's not the only automaker in trouble today. And Ford, for the record, cutting labor, Wall Street likes. Missing revenue numbers, Wall Street doesn't like. And that's where Tesla's falling today. And the issue on uh, when will they be profitable, if they could be profitable. And analysts are starting to bail on it. I don't have a price target of zero. But I do see it as something that is a problem. Activision Blizzard, you can invest in video games. You want to get your kid involved in thinking about investing? Great way to do it is that app called Acorns. You can round up your purchases and put it in an account for your kid, and you can start saving a little bit of money here and a little bit of money there, and you could go over it with them every 90 days, every quarter, see how it did. It's not going to hit you a home run, but it's going to do, it's going to do okay. But Call of Duty 2020 is having problems. So Activision Blizzard owns Call of Duty. Activision's massive first-person shooter franchise. It's one of the most lucrative video game series on the planet. Every year for the past 15 years, Activision's put out a new Call of Duty game. Since 2012, Activision's followed a three-year cycle for its three lead studios, and they're having some hiccups here. So an analyst is saying, you know what? If that's the most profitable product you can put in front of us, we need to scale back our expectations of you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't ever be shy. We can talk about anything, whether it be apps like Acorns or insurance like disability insurance. Not sexy, but that's the one that would hurt most of us if we lost our ability to earn income. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Ron Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. If you look at the calendar, it's showing... What is it, Sean? Ah, summer's right around the corner. And summer is a time where Wall Street tends to take a break. Historically, there is some truth to selling May and go away. But it doesn't always work that way, so I can't tell you to do that. I'm going to stay fully invested. I might cut down on my story stocks in my portfolio. I might cut down on the momentum stocks in my portfolio. But I'll find a way to find you know places to put my money. Keep in mind, I don't do a lot of trading. So I may be kind of confusing with that. But when it comes to radio and television, during the summer months, I like to build up some content. And I'm not going to say I had a, a flash, but you can help me with this as a listener, as people who work in radio or listen to radio. Anyone who wants to contact me, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Um, I want to do something. I'm going to start recording some what are called master classes. I think I think this seems like a good idea because TED Talks and master classes seem to be like big into marketing buzzwords, right? So one of the ones that I will do is something like investing in your 20s. And then if I do it properly, I could replay it for years and years and years and years. I did this a couple of years ago and I called it Money 101 and I still replay them from time to time. It's financial content that doesn't necessarily age. I did that very generically with Money 101, hint the title Money 101, but I may do a little bit more on investing tech stocks, masterclass on investing tech stocks. I need some of you to give me ideas. Um, what I don't want to do is masterclass on day trading. That ain't my thing. Um, if you think you're going to be a successful day trader and you know have a successful life, I think you're fooling yourself. Uh, the best traders that I know work in Chicago and then they work in New York. I've never met a day trader who took a online trading academy class and nor a red light, yellow light, green light software or, you know, my team's going to help your team by giving you trades because that's kind of illegal when, if they front run the trade. But I've never met any individual who happened to be an engineer, a police officer, uh, maybe a doctor, maybe a teacher who became successful day traders. And the moment you think you're that person... I'll talk to you and I'll say, give me your portfolio. Give me all your trades for two years and I'll hire you. If you beat the market after taxes and you didn't take excessive risk in one name, anyone can home run, but nine people will strike out for that one person. who hits a home run. So don't think you're that person. Masterclass ideas, send them to rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. I still have to talk to my radio peeps and see how we can pull this off so that it sounds correct because there are commercials in radio. But this is also going to be meant for podcast and digesting later. But I also may get KDOW to put it on their website kind of thing, kind of as a, a tease, so to speak, of going to the website. Anyhow, several U.S. companies suspend business operations with China's Huawei Technologies. Wowee! It's fun to say. I don't want to get too caught up in that fun to say thing because I'll sound like a jerk and I'm not trying to sound like a jerk. Um, but today you're seeing companies like Google say, you know, while we make cell phones that compete with Apple and we've been told not to do business with them, therefore we're taking our software away from them and they have to use it more of a uh, generic kernel so to speak 
There you go. One of the stocks that is very interesting, and they've just cut numbers, is a company called Lamentum. A lot of people think this is the play on 5G. But today they had to come out and say, we've cut ties with Huawei Tech because Donald Trump told us to. Uh, Lumentum is a major supplier of optical and photonic components. The company says it has discontinued all shipments to Huawei effective as of the date of licensing requirements. This is World War III. I know you're saying, did you say it's World War Z? Are zombies coming? No, no. World War III. China and the U.S. are in a trade war. And economically speaking, it has big ramifications. No, we're not going to see people shot and, you know, uh, nuclear strikes or anything like that. But this is a nuclear strike on an economy. I didn't think Trump would go that far. I didn't think China would go that far. It seems like it's best in best interest. You know, they can sell us a, a, a back scratcher that looks like a monkey paw that they made for 12 cents. And we can scratch each other's back. You know, we get something you know cheap and they, they, they get some jobs that, that put it together. But it's not working out like that. And someone asked me the other day, like, what do you think about Trump? And it was kind of a loaded question. And I was like, I think he's done some things okay. And I think he's done some things that, you know, have been bungled. And I try not to get political. And maybe I lean more towards bungled or maybe I lean more towards uh, okay. And it's none of your business. The point being is I do think trade agreements do need to be looked over every now and then. But also I think my agreement, you know, to come on the air every day, I need to talk to my producer and say, we still like doing this. I think I need to talk to my spouse and say things like, you know, we're still love, right? Because if we're not, we don't have to do this. I think it's okay to look at deals that you've made in place. Like, I've got a, a good friend that sometimes, they, the more I talk to him, the more like, I, I, I need a break from him. But I, he's still a good friend and I, I'll come back to it, right? And that's how I look at trade deals. I think if you look at the trade deal that we had in place with Mexico and Canada, it was 30 years old. And it's time to like at least think about like cars back then were a little different. Uh, there weren't things like cell phones that, you know, that were consuming our life. It's okay. I just, I, I didn't think it was going to escalate like this. And it did. So anyway, um, Another U.S. supplier, not only Lumentum, and Lumentum is ticker symbol L-I-T-E, and if you think that there's going to be an abatement in the trade war, that's one that you put on your list. Another one called Acacia Communications, ticker symbol A-C-I-A. They said that they expect to comply with the order as well, but did not lower their guidance. Lumentum did. But at this point in time, Acacia said that they're monitoring the situation. As soon as these companies lower their guidance, you probably have like a 30-day, 60-day pass to say it's probably not going to get much worse. Maybe the trade deal gets done. Because in the back of my head, I still think both countries can benefit from scratching each other's back. Um, Qualcomm, Xilinx, also on my list at this point in time because they're at the center of the trade war. Lumentum L-I-T-E, which is a stock we don't talk a lot about because it's on the more aggressive side. Acacia Communications, A-C-I-A also. Um, have a shopping list. And once these companies lower numbers, that means they're kind of built in the next you know, 90 days to you know 180 days of maybe a deal doesn't get done and maybe it takes time to ramp it up. There's a company called Fabernet, ticker symbol F-N. It's got a reasonable P, nothing crazy, but they too are at the center of this. And I think they're undervalued. If you think a deal gets done, 
And that's the big if, because you know what they say, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party you would have. Uh, just throwing that out there. I know you're saying, please don't ever do that again. Google's decisions to cut ties with Huawei. I started the segment with that and I kind of dropped it. Google's going to stop Huawei from getting updates to Android. That's the most widely used mobile operating system in the world. And again, you know what I'm saying? This kind of is uh, World War Three on some levels. You know, you can't always fight with, with guns and, and, and ammunitions. Um, so that's really, a, I think, a very strong story out there. Intel, Qualcomm, those are kind of the bigger names. But you see a name like Google, and that's like a, how would you say that? They paint a big piece of fabric. Then you get into Intel and Qualcomm, they're going to be your primary colors. And some of the stocks I just mentioned are going to be the details. And the details have probably the, the biggest hits to take. Even if Huawei puts a backup plan into action or reaction in this scenario, I'm not sure that's the quite correct grammar, but it's close. Um, it's still going to take some time uh, to get things smoothed and normalized. Now, again, Huawei's not stupid. To think that they're going to stop selling cell phones with um, Google Android loaded into them, they've they've got a plan B, so to speak. Boy, plan B took a different turn as far as means. Game of Thrones is over. Um, I don't know. I think the ramification there is <laughs> how many people are going to stick with Time Warner, which is owned by AT&T, now that a big show has dropped. And Netflix has really, in the last three years, <coughs> ramped up their content. If you have both HBO and Netflix and Hulu and cable, <coughs> excuse me, I got dry mouth today, uh, dry throat. It's like the Sahara. Then you really got to say to yourself, um, do I need all this? 800-516-1228 calls on the air. Um, what else do I need to hit on this one? I think I'm kind of blending the two together as far as opportunity knocks and situations with the trade war. I like Mark Cuban. He's likable. Um, he's more of a believable billionaire than Donald Trump. He's less of a hot air guy, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. He said something, he's one of those people I like to read his quotes. One of the things he once said was, best day for average people to buy big ticket purchases is on Black Friday. Or any day where there's like a big 40-50% off sale. I kind of like that. But uh, he's worth about $4 billion and he recently said, today is the youngest you will ever be. Live like it. One thing I'll say is don't take up too much credit in the process. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 
I try to ble- bleed in a lot of different styles of content. And what I mean by that is sometimes I'll get a little nerdy with you on quant and how you can analyze companies on numbers alone. I think it's a cool idea. You should be able to, in my mind, look at a company and not know the name of the company, but just look at their financials and say, this is a good idea, this is a bad idea. I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think a lot of people sell it as, I have the crystal ball that can teach you how to do that. Very few people are good at being quants. Very few people are very good at being technical analysts. I try to walk you up until the danger zone. And then at that point in time, I back off on any advice that I'll ever give you. Uber's still struggling. Um, I want to be careful how I say this because it's a pretty broad statement. I think what we've seen in the last 12 months, and we could even go to say the last six months, is an affirmation that Wall Street is a little bit rigged if you're trying to find the hot, new, sexy stock at a value. Companies that went public like Snap and Uber and Lyft and Pinterest, many of them have struggled at aftermarket performance, telling you that the people who were on the inside got a better deal than the people who were on the outside. And what I try to tell you is don't buy IPOs. And I try to do it in a cute way by saying things like, I have standards. When I turn 25, it's like, you can't date girls under 18. And I know this is kind of, you're going, that's kind of creepy. I'm trying to show you a creepy example. Then when you turn 30, you're like, I can't date women under 21. And then when you turn 35, you're like, I can't date women under 22. It's a joke. It's a joke. The point being is IPOs are too young for me. We don't know enough about them. We don't know their history. We don't know their trading. We don't know their valuation. We don't know what tricks are up their sleeve. Lyft is getting hit with a lawsuit that claims the company misled investors in its IPO prospectus. I want nothing to do with young companies. I want some experience. I want some companies that have seen good and bad. How does the company handle a 9-11? How does the company handle a recession? How does the company handle a booming economy? How does the company handle tax cuts? How does the company handle tax increases? So I stay away from IPOs because that's my standard. What's your standard? Like, you probably used to go, oh, I want to eat seven steaks a week. And then you're like, oh, I want to eat five steaks. And then, oh, my cholesterol is too high. I, I want to eat lean hamburger. Things change. Things change, right? So the lift dipping after a lawsuit tells me, like, I was wise to stay out of that one because there's some angry people. I don't have any interest in Uber. I'll let it, I'll miss it. I happen to know that um, I happen to know very comfortably that I can find other stocks that, of value. Now, switching topics to something that's a little bit easier to talk about instead of the don't buy IPOs, that's one of my mantras. Let's talk a little bit about entertainment. You know the song, That entertainment um, I don't know I, I don't know any other lyrics to it other than that so maybe you don't know that song I think you just say that's entertainment like 25 times and you're done with it there's a company called Lionsgate and a lot of people want to own AMC because they see it as a company and me too that someone should buy AMC owns the zombie show they also own the zombie show. They also own the meth show. 
They also own Bella, the vampire movie series, and the Jennifer Lawrence with a, a bow movies. Can you do well owning something like an AMC? I think you can. Now, with that being said, I want you to be very, very cautious. Um, it's not for everyone, and there are some problems with it, to say the least. Lionsgate division of AMC came out with the movie John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum and had a franchise best opening weekend with an estimated $57 million to win the domestic weekend box office. Oddly enough, there was a tie-in to Fortnite, which is an area that has you know 100 million plus people on a month playing the game. And there was a John Wick short-term game where you got to play assassins trying to kill assassins. I don't quite know how to sum it up other than that. But to have a three-chapter movie, as you can see with the Vampires movies, as you can see with the Vampire Teenagers movies and the Teenagers Killing Each Other movies, to have one, two, or three lined up, it's a big thing because the audience builds and the marketing becomes a little bit easier. Avengers had like probably a 10 to 12 movie build-up, right? And it's no surprise that it's, it's done great. So Endgame is now $771 million domestically, making it the second best grocer all-time domestically passing the Avatar. But John Wick Chapter 3, which Keanu Reeves kind of became a joke. Um, he was known as... He, he, he was in some of the best movies of all time, as far as uh, sales go. He was Neo. Neo is a, a form of saying he was a Jesus character in a movie, right? I think that's the way English majors would sum that up. But the fact that he's been able to relaunch his career with John Wick, that's a pretty good pretty good thing. It's like Han Solo playing, or Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. Or Han Solo playing Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones. But John Wick pulled in $57 million this weekend and knocked off Endgame. Good for them. And it's all built on the premise that someone killed his dog. And <laughs> he got angry about it. Love trilogies. That goes back to like The Hobbit, right? And Lord of the Rings. You see how they're big money makers and you start thinking about it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter at Rob Black Show, and YouTube Rob Black Show. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.